What's up, everybody? You're listening to Our Future, the business podcast for young people. I'm your host, Michael Zakhan, a junior at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, and I realized that business podcasts were long and boring. Three times a week on my show, in short, fun, and informative interviews, you will hear from the founders and executives shaping our future. My next guest is Todd Parsons, Chief Product Officer at OpenX, a leading online ad exchange that helps companies reach audiences across the vast ocean that is the open web. Todd is by all means an ad tech veteran, founding two successful startups in the space, and he's commanded serious roles at the helm of other big ad companies in his career. This episode was super interesting to me. How are we targeted on the web? What challenges continue to plague ad buyers? What about the question of user privacy? How will that shape the future of ads. Todd and I discuss all of it. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. So Todd, when you were in college, the advertising space was so different than it is now. Were you interested in ads back then or is it something you kind of became interested in when technology became a big component of the game? You can imagine like back then it was, you know, cable was like the the biggest variety of, of channels and the internet was still you know, relatively new from a consumer perspective. So the first ads hadn't even come up online yet. What got me interested is that digital and online just changed everything about how consumers communicate with with brands and each other. And that kind of led me into advertising by accident. A huge percentage of advertisements are done automatically. They're automated. And you are chief product officer at OpenX, which is an exchange which places ads automatically throughout the open web. Can you just provide us a brief kind of rundown of what OpenX is and the service it provides in the advertising space? I like to compare it to other marketplaces like the stock market. OpenX is there to make sure that when a publisher who is building great content needs to have you know, ads, advertising dollars support that content, they can immediately make a request to as many advertisers as they could ever want to reach and get the perfect ad placed on their website. So what OpenX does, or their app, what OpenX does is it provides the marketplace for that that matching to happen. And like you said, we do it programmatically, which means that it's a real-time auction that's being run between the publisher providing its ad space and a whole set of advertisers that might want to compete for that ad space. How has that process, this this fundamental service you provide, how has it changed over time in delivering ads to these, these sites, these content creators? So think about just 12 years ago, we were barely talking about app versus web. Everything back then was about the desktop and ads that were, you know, kind of optimized for a desktop experience. What's happened over the time um, that, that OpenX has been around are a couple of things. One is, you know, we've obviously gotten, you know, proficient and really good at managing those other, you know, ways to reach consumers and to, you know, sell advertising, you know, where consumers are. Um, streaming is huge right now. Video is huge right now. None of that was happening 12 years ago. Um, the other thing that has changed is, you know, we've done a lot to add value to both our publishers and advertising uh, advertising partners by giving them information about inventory that might be, you know, video inventory, helping them understand the audience 
that's behind that um, inventory, that ad inventory, helping them understand what context is associated with that inventory so that the ad experience can be tailored and delivered in a you know much smarter way. I think one question a lot of people outside of the industry want to know and people who browse the web is, how do you guys target certain customers? What information is available on internet users to be able to send them an ad that would be relevant to that person and to help the company get to that person? There's a ton of information out there uh, about every consumer in, in digital or offline for that matter, with their name and address. And there has been for years, Michael. You know, like marketers have been really good about collecting information about consumers. The thing they haven't been good at uh, is twofold. One is asking for permission to use it. Um, and, and two, uh, um, they haven't been really, you know, really good about connecting the dots between say a stream video experience and a person's mailbox. Okay. Cause old school guys are still doing mail, right? They're still dropping. Sure. Geico's still hitting you in your mailbox while you see their lizard online. Right. So, um, that's the, that, that's been a really different part of it. And, and the way that we tie those things together is that this concept, um, called identity or identity resolution, which is a way to look at, you know, all the households in the company, the, the, the country, people that live in them, um, and, and what devices they might carry and what content they're consuming, where they're doing it. So there's a way to bring all that stuff together um, doing identity resolution in a way that complies with all of the latest privacy laws and and regulations, and you know we, we're uh, you know one of a, a few companies that are pretty good at it. So, do you guys integrate with other platforms, like for example, these streaming services that offer ads, like you know Hulu and Roku? Do they have their own exchanges, or are they likely to partner with a company like OpenX to to kind of place ads in front of the customers? You know, Connected TV is so hot right now. And that question has like an interesting dimension to it, which is, yeah, I mean, obviously the guys, everything is about, you know, uh, is about the consumer's attention and permission these days in marketing, you know, so kind of stepping back from your question just for a second, I, I believe the next 10 to 20 or even further out years are going to be about a first party relationship, you and me. Um, me asking you permission, you saying you can use data that you might have on me, but I want to know what it is. If you look at history um, with different privacy regulation, the truth is, is that there's a noisy minority, like most things where you got the people who are like, hey, I'm standing up for privacy and, and for consumer privacy and very concerned about it. And then you have the big guys like who own the browsers, the guys who own the app stores, who are kind of looking at how to control data for their own benefit, um, but but certainly with the consumer's interest in mind. So the people who care are those two sets of people. Um, my point is, is the option needs to be extended to everyone, mm -hmm. not just the, the few that care. And so with that, you think about, okay, what's gonna happen next? I'll go back to your question. You were like, well, wait, you know, is aren't Roku and the other, and Hulu and the other services building their own exchanges? Yeah. Grocery stores are building their own exchanges, um, starting with Walmart, but you know even Kroger's in the game. Okay, wow. these are old school companies, and the reason is because they have a relationship with consumers that they feel like they can get permission around. To my earlier point, and they can use to sell better targeted advertising with that permission. 
So what you're seeing right now is anyone who has a first party relationship, if you're on, you know, a, a game title, um, if you're on Twitch, if you're on a game title from Epic, if you're, um, if you're in a Kroger, uh, Kroger grocery store using your loyalty card, all those are first party relationships. So what's happening now is those that have enough audience around them, like scale audience, you know, you got to have many, many tens of millions of people to, for, for marketers to really care, the big ones. Those guys are all opening up shop. So it's a tough market because if you don't have first party relationships and permission, it's harder to be in the audience targeting game. One thing that's going on right now is companies are afraid to place ads on negative news. So for example, if a news story mentions George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or anybody who was murdered by the police, they don't want to advertise on that page because they don't want to appear to be tone deaf and to have their brand in an uncomfortable conversation. And the problem yeah. there is these publishers are making their money and their traffic from these news stories right now because we're living through a crazy time, but people don't want to advertise to that traffic. So do you see this as a dilemma and you know how can it be navigated? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge dilemma and it's super astute. Like the, the, what, what they, what ad tech has, ad tech names a lot of things, um, sometimes arbitrarily. Um, the problem that you're talking about is often referred to as brand safety, okay? The idea being that, um, like you said, I appear tone deaf because, you know, I'm, uh, I'm offering something that doesn't, um, that doesn't complement the COVID um, hospitalization count story that it sits alongside of. Or worse, it actually looks like you know you're you're insensitive to that, or you don't care. So the the problem with that is, to your point, most of today's news is based on you know kind of addressing our society here in the U.S. Um, and in some other places, addressing you know centuries of people of color challenges. And on top of that, you've got COVID, which is you know that COVID doesn't give a crap about any of that. There is going to get you either way. So brands basically have said wow, I got to block all kinds of news sites. I got to risk not reaching all the audience that's on those sites, learning about stuff that might not be complimentary to my ad agenda. So the way around that is kind of, is, is tricky, but it involves a lot of what I described before. One is knowing who your audience is on a given news site. And then the second thing is understanding the context of what's in those articles. So you can do maybe a little mix of contextual targeting, a little mix of, of people targeting on those sites so that when you or I are in like the, you know, a section of Yahoo where there still might be a COVID article, it's more valuable for the brand not to miss my attention there. And they're going to allow an ad to get through. All this is possible. The problem is, is the way that ad tech is set up for the problem was to block whole domains and the URLs, which are parts of pages. Cause you know, on sites you have continually scrolling pages now. And so it's like, well, how do I block that next article below the fold? Yeah. And, and the way that it works, um, Michael, is no different than it did before. Every one of those places on a continually scrolled page has a URL or there's a link to it, some kind of a link. And you have a way to decide what the context of that link is and decide whether you're going to target it or not target it or untarget it. And that's all possible right now. So when I'm scrolling a news page, I just don't think I've ever clicked on a banner ad do you have like a, a stat, like how many times like out of a thousand do these things get clicked on or do they, I mean, it's just oh, it's a curiosity of mine. 
it's like the dirty uh, uh, question for ad tech. I should be mad at you for asking. <laughs> no, look, man, here's the deal. Um, this has been like something that I've been battling against, which is like a bad ad experience since I started in the space. It's been kind of an inspiration for me to stay in the space. And it's not a problem that's going away. Okay, it's no different than you scrolling, you know, Instagram feed. You know, you, you know, you, I should ask you back, how often do you click an Insta ad? When I see sick clothing that is perfectly tailored to me, I, I'll, I'll yeah. check it out. Okay, so dude, that is 100% good targeting and the environment that you care to look at sick clothing and respond to it. So what marketers are getting is that in programmatic, you can use some of the same precision to deliver that combination that, then, um, that, that you can in the platforms in Instagram. And so, so yeah, I mean, I think the main reason that your condition and most people, me too, are conditioned not to click on a display ad on a news site is because it doesn't, there's nothing, you don't have the same response you did with my Insta questions. Right, like, right. So here's the deal. That's changing now. You can, you can get a, a, a really good advertisement placed in video, in stream, and, and you've got a shot at getting Michael's attention on one of those sites that is an Instagram these days. Of course, the challenge for someone like me who's a product leader is how do you make that happen at web scale like you would find on Instagram or Facebook when the experiences vary very deeply between a news site and Medium and Reddit and, you know, the list goes on. Like, how, how are you going to kind of identify with sick clothing and a native experience in those? Try that one on for size, man. That's for your generation to fix. You've got to fix right. that. I'm going to retire. Todd, to round this out, what advice would you give college students who either want to work in ads, advertising, marketing, or just like overall general career advice that you've learned along the way that you wish you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self? Here's what I think. I found two things really work for me. Um, I, when I started my first business, I, I looked at several different possibilities and I chose what I loved, right? Um, until you hear this, it's super hackneyed, but it's true. Like, you know, don't make a play for a, a dollar. Don't make a play because it happens to be in Italy. Make a play because it's something you're going to just flat out love doing. Um, and then, you know, be persistent as hell in getting to know it. So I'm not talking about just keep trying. I'm saying like be studious about the world. Like marketing isn't about programmatic. It's not about content. It's not about an ad type. It's not about a brand experience or you finding sick clothing. It's about all those things. All those things have to come together. And the only way to figure that out is to, to, to live it, to study it, um, to talk to people like you and I getting to know each other. And you're giving me texture in how I think. So if I'm a student again, if I was going to tell myself one thing, like when I was 20, it would be like being curious know all of it. Don't ever stop because you get to a point career-wise where people are expecting you to have all the answers, but mm -hmm. advertising, marketing is super dynamic. It's changing massively. Changes in regulation, changes in tech, changes in platforms, changes in consumer behavior. Yeah. If you don't yeah. have a handle, uh-uh, not going to win. So I would say those are the two main things. And the rest of it is, um, is, you know, marketing is a great opportunity because right now it's super disrupted. All, every one of those things I called out, there's a way for you to apply your skill and learn something. 
Not many other places are like that, um, where there's just so much up in the air. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Todd Parsons, Chief Product Officer at OpenX, and I had a great time learning more about the ad industry, one that has changed so much and continues to evolve in unforeseen ways. Think Snap, think TikTok, and it's the ebb and flow of regulation, consumer behavior, and technology. So many different forces come down upon this space. I'll be potting with you guys again on Friday. Can't wait to catch you then. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Stay frosty and stay thinking about our future.